As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Soccer Show and an episode in which we'll set ourselves our 2023 New Year's resolutions. This year, 2022, was wrapped up with Argentina winning the World Cup, but the big win of the year was clear for all to see, the Lionesses bringing it home at Wembley. 2022 also featured Senegal triumphing in AFCON, politics forcing Roman Abramovich to get his jog on, Carlo Ancelotti posing with a massive cigar, Barcelona making financial moves that were quite bizarre, Kurt Zuma kicking his cat, Erling Haaland proving that he is all that, and TSS bringing the chat at our live show in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, which didn't fall flat. So let's look ahead to 2023 when the Premier League will probably be won by Man City, when Newcastle will go on a spending spree, when all MLS teams will try to best LAFC and where this podcast is going to be the place to be, hopefully. My name's Ryan Bailey, joining me today, a man who's looking forward to his New Year's Eve party as much as Neymar, but he didn't need to get a red card to enjoy celebrating it. Graham Ruffin, hello. Hello, Ryan Bailey. I am interested in what everyone does for New Year's Eve, actually, or Hogmanay, as we call it in Scotland. That is genuinely what people call it here. Yes, it's a funny word. Get over it. But uh, are you guys like party people or are you, are, are you, do you like wear novelty glasses with the number of the year and are you downing shoeys <laughs> at midnight or are you pulling the curtains and calling it an early night before 12 p.m.? What, what sort of person are you? Uh, for me, for Hogmanay, personally, I get my zippy on, have some diluting juice, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> So you have a true Scottish uh, Hogmanay then. <laughs> no, Zippy and Hogmanay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't go big. Uh, joining us on this episode, Joe Lowry, go off King. How do you have your New Year's? Yeah, similar to Ryan. It's not like the biggest holiday in my calendar. It's usually a get together with friends and kind of hang out and, and we'll stay up till midnight playing games or, or kind of doing whatever we decide. But there's not really like a set routine from year to year. Maybe that's because we don't call it something as cool as Hogmanay, which I've never heard in my entire life until right now. It sounds like the best <laughs> thing ever. Um, that makes up for Zippy's existence in Scotland. Oh, so you like that one, Joe? Hogmanay? I do. That, that, one yeah. gets a, that one gets a pass, yeah. No pigs involved, though. You would think, you would think hogs, you know, pigs, there'd be something involved there. But no, I don't, I don't actually know what the origin of it is. But yeah, everyone in Scotland calls it Hogmanay. I love it. Like, like even people in the street would, would say happy Hogmanay rather than happy New Year. Is that what you mean? No, after the, after the 31st has passed, you would, say, you would wish someone happy New Year. But the day, 31st, is Hogmanay. 100%. That's what people call it. Wow. Wow, we learn new things every day. Every day's a school day when Graham Rutherford's <laughs> around. That's all I can say. Um, and more teachings from uh, lecturer Rutherford on patreon.com slash Total Soccer Show, by the way. If you haven't joined the party there, please do so before New Year's or after, after Hogmanay, if that is your choosing to do. We would love your support there, uh, should you be inclined to do so. Joe, we've also got a Bleacher Report show coming up this week. Is that correct? Yes, we do. So Graham and I will be live in the BR app talking about World Cup breakout stars, talking about transfer action that we're looking forward to in the January transfer window. 
That'll be, I believe, 2 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. So that's Friday, depending on when folks are listening to this, Friday the 30th of December. Come look at our faces instead of just hearing our voices. That's like the best pitch I can give, which is maybe sad, but you know, it'll be fun. We'll have a good time. Our faces Come will look be there. at our faces. Yeah, that, if that's the best we've got, Joe, we, we need to work on that, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time. <laughs> All right, so in this episode, we're going to be going through our New Year's revolu- uh, revolutions. We're going to have a revolution with our resolutions uh, for, for members of the sporting and the soccer community, maybe even a few for ourselves as well. Before we get there, though, this time of year, Graham, is about improvement whether that's self-improvement mm-hmm. or improvement of society in general. Alexi Lalas has been on the Twitter machine uh, and has given some, example- yeah, <laughs> some examples of how he would improve soccer. Uh, I'll read out the examples, Graham, and you can pick and choose which ones you like. His examples of how to improve soccer. Make the okay. goals bigger. Two nope. points for goals outside the penalty area. 35-yard nope. shootouts instead of penalty kicks. Uh, a kicking option instead of a throwing option. Uh, a hockey okay. penalty box for player punishment. Offside only applies to the last 35 yards. All right. And handball, simply wow. any ball contact with hand or the arm. So simplifying the handball rule as well, Graham. Where do we go from here? Um, I am in favour of the kick-ins, at least as an option. How do you enforce the... What was the offside one? So this is the first time I'm hearing these. I didn't see this tweet This tweet at the time from the okay. way that Ryan's talking about it. I think it may have gone viral. This Was this a point of discussion on Twitter? Um, but I actually haven't seen this. What was the offside one again? Run Run through that again. Uh, that was offside only applies to the last 35 yards. So I assume that includes drawing a new line on the field at the 35 yard line. Yeah, that seems like a nightmare to enforce that one. <laughs> I don't know how you, how do you do that one? But Joe, what do you like out of that? So I, I don't really like making goals bigger. I feel like that, I don't, I don't know, I guess that accomplishes adding more scoring, but it, I just don't like that one. I do like other ones on this list. I'm, I'm in favor of the 35 yard Shootouts. I'm not clear if that's a running shootout. I assume it is because I believe that was the distance that that you. You have to, be to shoot used. the ball from 35 yards. But I'm I'm also yeah. down for that. Like free kicks <laughs> instead of penalty kicks. Penalty kicks are. I'll stop talking because this is stupid and nerdy. But penalty kicks are like way higher value chances than you'll basically ever get in a soccer game. And the fact that you can get one for being tripped by a defender right on the edge of the 18 when you weren't even going to get a shot off after that is absurd. So I'm I'm totally in favor of the 35 yard shootout instead of penalty kicks. I'm also kind of in favor of the hockey penalty box style punishment. So what I don't watch that? a lot of hockey, yeah, what does that mean? but my understanding is is you rack up a certain number of fouls and you go to the sin bin. You go to the penalty box on the side. Oh. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but it's like you can still see the action. You're just behind glass Late basically rugby. in this little box. Yeah, now you've lost me, Graham. I, I can't help you on that one. But <laughs> I like that idea for infractions. I, I, I'm a fan of of that disciplinary change. But I don't know. I, I like some of these. I've seen a lot of these before. I don't think these are these are really new. But it did spark some good debate on Twitter, which I always enjoy. It did indeed. I think my favorite of them might be the kicking option for a throw, and it makes um, sort of throw-ins near the corner flag basically as valuable, if not more valuable, than a corner. I think it could spice things up in that last that final third. Graham, like that one? Yeah, I'm, I'm open to that. I mean, isn't that one of Arsene Wenger's suggestions? I mean, one of his better suggestions along with making the World Cup every year or every month or something like that. So, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe what he's doing is... What my wife does sometimes is she'll suggest a whole load of films and shows that are terrible, but she, what she's doing is she's conditioning me to the least bad option so that I then, once we get to the one that isn't so bad, she goes, I go, yeah, okay, we'll watch that, and she gets what she actually wants out of it. Maybe that's what Arsene Wenger is doing with his suggestion on Thrones. <laughs> wow. And yet you see this manipulation, Graham, yet you still go along with it. <laughs> Yes, I can't, I can't do anything to stop it. It's just, it just happens. <laughs> Fair enough. Such is life. Such is life. Well, let's uh, roll on with our resolution, Selwy. Joe, would you like to go first by uh, laying out your first resolution for the episode? I would be happy to. So my first resolution is for the U.S. men's national team as a whole or for Tyler Adams as captain or for whoever the new manager is going to be. You know, 2023 and, and just generally going into New Year's is a time when I think burying the hatchet is a good thing, right? You're, you're trying to come into the new year fresh. Anger's not great, right? Grudges aren't good. Get get things ironed out heading into a new year and start fresh. So the resolution for either the national team or Adams or manager, whoever it is, is to sort out the conflict between Gio Reyna and the rest of the team. Maybe that's already been done. I'm not really sure. I know plenty of people have been sleuthing on Instagram to find out who's liking whose posts. 
you know what, let's let's just set all that aside, get Gio Reyna back into the fold as soon as possible, get him on the same page, get him rowing in the same direction, because Graham, I don't know how you feel about this, I think Gio Reyna is good enough that he almost single-handedly raises the U.S.'s ceiling, now they need more around him still, I firmly believe that, but Gio Reyna for me is the one, uh, world class is such a subjective and kind of nebulous term, but he is the one player that out of this current pool that I could really see starting at an elite level Champions League team, like a Champions League winning caliber team for the next decade. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I, I agree. I, I think this cycle, this World Cup cycle was a bit of a waste for Gio Reyna and that wasn't entirely his own fault. Obviously the World Cup the stuff came out about his conduct and his training and so on. But before the World Cup, it was down to injuries. That was the reason yeah. he didn't get involved with this cycle much. Now building for 2026, I think you have to... You have to have him involved. You have to have him a key member of the team. Um, and yeah, I think bearing the hatchet would be a, a good thing. My main my main point of contention there is that Gio Reyna, I think the conflict is largely inside his own head. Like, I think it's Fight Club in there. His, he is basically Edward Norton, <laughs> where he is he is fighting himself a lot of the time. So maybe just some maturity for uh, Gio Reyna as well. Just mellow out a little bit and, and just settle into being one of the best players in that team so so maybe it's Giorena needing to to read some books and to reflect on himself and it's it's not so much the rest of the team needing to reconcile yeah I don't know what the situation is either way I, I'm hoping that's not a big story heading into 2023 but it, it's going to be a story right it's not going to be a story in January because it's January camp and, and even though the U.S. are going to be playing games the European players aren't going to be there by and large it's probably not going to be a story in March either the U.S. has a couple of Nations League games against El Salvador and, and Granada, I believe. I don't know if the top European players are going to be called in for that. May, I, I would assume they would, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if they weren't either. So at some point this year, though, by the time you get into the summer with Nations League and the Gold Cup, there are real tournaments for the U.S. We're going to have to talk about this stuff, and Gio Reyna is going to have to talk about it if he's brought in. So I don't know. I'm hoping that it blows over relatively quickly, but it's going to have to blow over at some yeah. point. You know how Messi picked a couple of Barcelona managers? Maybe Gio Reyna picks the next US manager to to help in that regard. Eric Winalda. Let's let's have him, you know that. Claudio Reyna yeah, would be the natural choice, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, maybe. That might might have made more sense. But yeah, Eric is Winalda is uh, is assistant manager to Claudio, his dad. Very good. All right. It sounds like we're making things better already, Graham. I like the sound of this. Twenty twenty three is gonna be mm. amazing. Uh Graham, would you like to go next with your resolution? Yeah, so sticking with a, a USMNT theme for Christian Pulisic, try something new. He could uh, he could take up yoga, he could do some DIY projects around the house, or maybe find a new club that isn't Chelsea. Uh, I am exhausted by the whole discussion around Pulisic at that club. It has been never-ending for about four years, and, and the most frustrating thing about it is... Once every couple months, or maybe even once every month, you, you get a good performance and it dangles that tantalizing prospect that maybe he's going to flourish as a superstar at, at Chelsea. He's going to be the player that they paid £60 million for. And then it never happens. It's, it's, it's a false dawn every time. This cycle needs to end. Something needs to end this tedium. Even if it's a step down from Chelsea, which it probably would be, Pulisic needs to get a fresh start somewhere else. And, and, and the, the paradox with Pulisic is that he needs a club that will play to his strengths, but also a club where he can be almost something of a peripheral player in possession, where he's all about his attacking impact, hopefully in transition. For whatever reason, people, a lot of people at Chelsea, it seems like, have, have got this idea in their head with Pulisic as a Chelsea player that he's a creator and that he, sh he should have lots of touches of the ball and you build around him as a player. And that's not really his game. You look back at Dortmund, that wasn't really the player that he was then. And Chelsea has just generally, I know they have rattled through about three or four managers since Pulisic has been at that club. But nonetheless, generally, they have been a bad stylistic fit for Pulisic and his game. So his next move, as I say, it's probably going to be a step down, but his next move should be, be all about what is the best fit for him in terms of a style of play. Go to a team that's going to play to his strengths, as I say, and where he can have more of an attacking impact and transition. Transition. I'd suggest Leicester City on loan. Why not? He could he could go and party with Jamie Vardy for a few months. I was I was going to ask Graham when does his move to West Ham happen? West Ham, that's an interesting one. Um, it feels very West Ham, doesn't it? That they would get yeah. they would sign him on loan. In terms of style, I'm not sure. I, well, yeah, I guess under Moyes they do play in transition. I think they are quite crossy, and I don't think Pulisic in terms of 
deliveries into the box. That's maybe the strongest. He's not bad at it, but I don't think it's the strongest part of, of his game. But yeah, Leicester City, even, even Newcastle United. The thing about Newcastle United is I wonder if they have maybe already grown beyond Christian Pulisic. They are third in the Premier League table right now. They have players like Alan San Maximan. They have Miguel Almiron, who is all of a sudden a Ballon d'Or candidate. So maybe Pulisic doesn't get... He's, maybe he's not an automatic starter for Newcastle, Newcastle United at this point, but Leicester City felt like a, a pretty good fit when I was thinking of teams that could maybe sign him on loan for the second half of the season. All right, that's two good USMNT-related resolutions. Can I complete a triumvirate here? Yes. Um, mine is specifically for the apparel makers, for Nike making the USMNT <laughs> kits. For 2023, Graham, my resolution is for them to do better. Be better, please. <laughs> I was going to jokingly say do better and I, I thought you were going to go down a different route but no that is that is straight to the point and sums up the Nike situation yes I agree do better do better yeah. Nike I think we've all missed a chance here to say just do it better I feel like that uh-huh. is the, the sweet spot for That's Nike the joke. next year next year we'll get there indeed indeed we've got a year to work on that one Joe but what, what um, Graham what, what would constitute better rather than obviously just changing away from that yeah. Um, the, the the template something more like the French kit where it's got a bit more ooh, ooh la la to it shall we say maybe even yeah, I mean, in the wake it that's more like the Where's Wally bomb pop deal that would yeah. be good right so I mean I could go proper nerdy about this I'll keep this short for the US they need a signature look don't they this this white with blue and red flashes and trim isn't really an iconic look on the international stage so I would go back to the to the the the, the Waldo the the Wally shirts. And I would make that the US the the US template going forward. That's the you know like Celtic or green white hoops. I would make a, a America the USA red and white hoops with blue bits. That would be the look, and automatically that's better than anything that, that that Nike served up for this World Cup. So they need to they need to settle on a look for the USA because at the moment it's just too wishy washy. Graham, do you think that they haven't settled on a look because they think it's harder to sell new jerseys if you have the same like general template? Like let's say. For next year, they come out with the hoops, right? And we're back to Where's Wally Bomb Pop or whatever Brian said. <laughs> You're back to the, to the Where's Waldos. And and then you go into 2024, and it, they just refresh. They just touch them up and, and change a couple of things, but generally it's the same look. And then they go into 2025, and it's the same thing. Do you think that jersey sales go down because of that, even if the quality of the jersey is better? Is that the rationale here from Nike? collaborations joe you just hype beast it up you have air jordan one year collaboration then you have balenciaga next year that's how you keep it fresh just the same shirt every two years but you just hype beast the hell out of it solved it that is that is the master plan i like that a lot and just for clarity where's wally is what where's waldo is called in the uk so i was confused because i have a tiny brain i apologize that's that's why i said the two wally and waldo it halfway through i was like wait it's called something else in america waldo i think it's that where's wally sounds better though doesn't it graham Surely. It does. It rolls off the yeah. tongue better than Waldo, I would it say. It does. Anywho, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more resolutions back shortly. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Total Soccer Show, welcome back to our New Year's resolution special. I'm going to kick off part two by giving a resolution for the president of FIFA, Mr. Gianni Infantino. Uh, My or his resolution should be to stop doing things. Go off grid for a year (laughs) is my advice for Mr. Infantino. Obviously, he's had a very interesting 2022, that very odd speech at the start of the World Cup. I feel gay, I feel disabled, etc. and so on, which didn't land like he may have anticipated. Obviously, overseeing uh, the World Cup in controversial circumstances uh, with regards to human rights. Um, His plan to announce the World Cup 
uh, to announcing a plan that it should be every three years instead of every four. Every decision he makes, just giant dollar signs flashing in front of his eyes, it seems. And relocate, uh, related to that, the announcement also in the past few months of a 32-team Club World Cup, which, Joe, last time I checked, nobody wanted or needed. So I think Gianni needs to just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit, go off grid, come back when he's got some better ideas. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, so Ryan, you don't want to see the Colorado Rapids take on Bayern Munich's like reserves because the first team can't be bothered to play in the first round of the 32-team Club World Cup. I don't know why anyone would, would not want to see that. No, nobody really has been asking for that. I, I love two things. I have two things to say here. Ryan, I love how your first two resolutions on this show have been to Nike to... Do to do better and to Johnny Aventino to stop doing stuff. I, it's very straightforward. <laughs> it's very clear. These are impossible to mess up, people. Really good. The other aspect here, Ryan, is uh, what's up with the three three year World Cup cycle? I I have not heard that before. I'd heard two, and we have four. Is three really being discussed? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, it means cool. you get twenty five percent extra World Cup if my math is correct. There, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's a nonsense, Joe. It's a nonsense essentially, and it is just uh, another way for FIFA to uh, pad out their coffers as if they need that anymore. I don't like mm. it. Gianni also needs to unfriend Salt Bay as well. I very yeah. much enjoyed the <laughs> the Gianni statement on we're going to launch an internal investigation into how he made it onto the pitch. And it was it was very much the footballing equivalent of, you know, the Tim Robinson meme of, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. You know, he's dressed <laughs> as, a, as a hot dog. That It was you, Gianni. That's, that's how he ended up on the pitch. Oh, dear. Gianni, Gianni, Gianni. All right. Uh, Joe, your next resolution, please. All right. So my next resolution is for... Liverpool or Man United or or whoever is out there looking to splash big in the transfer market on on one particular player. And we kind of talked about this, I think, on yesterday's show. I want them to be smart with your money. You know, work on that budget. Get a Google sheet up and running. The technology is there. Take advantage of it. Don't spend what you don't have. Don't spend what you don't need to spend. You can do this. You can avoid spending 120 million euros on Enzo Fernandez. And I, I love Enzo Fernandez. I feel like this is going to turn into a campaign that I have against him, which I don't Joe want hates it to. Enzo Fernandez. There it is. Graham just did it for me. Thanks, Graham. Um, <laughs> just, just go out and look for other central midfielders. You don't, have to, you don't have to do this. You don't have to be the team that pays a new record fee for a central midfielder. And that's what that figure would be. That's what that 120 million euro figure would be. More than Paul Pogba, more than any other de facto central midfielder that has ever existed in the soccer world or in just the world period. I I don't think teams should be triggering that release clause. Signing Enzo Fernandez is great. He's an excellent player, but I I'm just so taken aback by that figure. That that what is that nine figures? It feels so wrong and I I just can't get on board with it. Joe, I mean being shocked by the amount being paid for soccer players these days feels like the that boat has already sailed, hasn't it? It it has, but that's why I specified like central midfielder because we've seen a bunch of money paid for attackers. We've seen a bunch of money paid for goalkeepers that I thought we would never see get paid for a goalkeeper. But midfielders are are important, yes, but you can find other alternatives, I think at least, for less than that. And so maybe playing, ma- making this plea to Manchester United to be smart with their money. Taylor's not on this show, so I can say this. Maybe that's a fool's errand. Maybe this resolution is never going to be followed. But that one, this this one just feels so avoidable, guys. That's fair. Um, and, and just to jump in there, mine is, mine is, I've got another one which is relatively similar on a common theme to Joe's, and, and that's for Nottingham Forest. Save some money. Put some coins aside. Just because the transfer window is open doesn't mean you have to buy every <laughs> soccer player with two legs. And and I'm really not convinced the business that Forrest did in the summer actually has helped them in the Premier League this season. It's all felt very disjointed from them. And, and that was that's very different to how they were last season. Last season, Forrest were this coherent, solid unit. Steve, Steve Cooper got a lot of uh, plaudits for the way his team played. And we haven't really seen any of that from from them in the Premier League. Um, and and look, it's ha- much harder to do it in the Premier League than in the Championship. But nonetheless, I I, I don't think even more signings in in January will necessarily help them. They they gave Steve Cooper Cooper sorry Steve Cook uh, a, a new contract as a as a show of faith um, when a lot of people would have sacked him. Just let him work with the players at the club. Let let him cook, so to speak, with what he has, and and just see how things go. Nice, very nice. I like the way, Graham, you, you, you suggested the transfer policy didn't work for the team currently in 19th in the Premier League. Not so great, no. <laughs> no, no, there's a clue there in the uh, in the league placement, I would suggest. But surely, I mean, you can't spend that much in the summer and then even 
to even buy close to that many players in the winter. It would just be insane. Like they're not going to do anything, surely. Well, I saw Steve uh, Steve Cook saying um, that. Sorry, it's Steve Cooper, isn't it? I keep going between Cook and and Cooper, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why I keep doing that. He's a manager I know a lot about and I've read a lot from. There was a quote from him earlier this week where he said that Nottingham Forest shouldn't be embarrassed if they sign more players in the January window. And I I thought to myself, no, you definitely should be embarrassed if that happens, given how much money has been spent on dross, essentially. There's a couple of players that have made a difference in that team, but if you look at players that are their best performers this season, it's still guys like Brennan Johnson, who was who was at Forest before they decided to buy every player in the world. So maybe just cool it for a moment. Uh, including buying Steve Cook, uh, ironically. <laughs> yeah. Does Steve Cook play for Bournemouth or something? Is it there's a there's a there's a defender called Steve Cook. I don't know where I'm getting that from. Steve yeah, Cooper. He, he, he did pay for Bournemouth, but Forrest also signed him this summer. <laughs> oh right, okay. This is what's yeah. confusing me, I think. <laughs> it's very confusing. Nightmare. They did sign one billion players. You are quite forgiven, Graham. Um who's next for a resolution? Graham, you got another one? Yeah, so for Luis Enrique, take a break from social media. Put down the phone every so often, turn off your camera, take off the headset, turn off your light ring. Go outside once in a while. Uh, I envisage that the dynamic at Lucho's Christmas dinner was flipped where it was the children demanding that their father get off their phones and and get off his phone and get off social media. They're also asking him to wear socks with his trainers and and to stop talking about his players having orgies, which is a thing that happened at the World Cup. Um, Not the orgy, Lucho talking about it, although we we don't know that Spain camp might have been quite wild. But anyway, Lucho was talking about players having orgies on his Twitch stream. And I am interested to see what he does next because he is a free agent after leaving the Spain job and he's been very open about getting uh, back into club soccer. I don't know where he ends up, though. I mean, maybe it's Atletico Madrid, but that's going to require a big decision from them on uh, on Diego Simeone. Chelsea felt like it could happen, but Potter is in there now. And then my United have been linked with him numerous times before. But they have Ten Hag now and things seem to be going quite well. I'm reluctant to put too much of a solid conclusion on Manchester United right now but they're heading in the right direction I don't think Ten Hag's going anywhere anytime soon so I don't really know where Lucho's going to end up besides just a a full-time Twitcher or or, or a YouTuber like and subscribe yeah well that's that's not a bad idea in itself Graham it's got to be less stressful than being a soccer coach for a start and think about the long game there if you're a Twitch influencer for a few years by the time the next World Cup comes around which it might be in every three years uh, now they might move it (laughs) forward you never know but um you can get on as soon as Spain win it. He can get on the field straight away. He'll be the first person on the field because Sergio Aguero oh, yeah, has set that course. precedent. Twitch streamers get first access. Then um, restaurateurs, I believe, is the order of things. <laughs> that is the natural order. They have rewritten the, the the FIFA laws so that it's only players that win it, and then it's Twitch streamers and, as you say, restaurateurs who sprinkle salt very inefficiently down their elbow. That's the order, I think. Now, yeah. How much salt do you think is lodged in sort of his arm hair of an evening when he finishes his shift at the restaurant, Graham? Quite a lot, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, how much salt does he go through? Like, <laughs> you know, in the in the morning, I've worked in restaurants and they bring in they bring in you know the meat and the and the vegetables and so on. It's just a truck full of salt reversing into salt based restaurants every morning just for him to roll down his arm. Also, he has got amazingly, I think he's got about ten or twelve restaurants around the world, but mm. there's only one of him. Do they have Salt Bay lookalikes at all the restaurants doing the whole Salt Bay salt thing? Yeah, or clones. What, salt Bay like clones. If you turned up and you're paying, how much, Ryan, is it for a steak, you said? Uh, lots of money. In the past, I think you said like it was something like $1,000 yeah, or something ridiculous. It's a lot. 1000 FIFA bucks. Um, uh, and you don't get the Salt Bay experience. What are you really paying for? Well, Graham, I do happen to know this. There are actually several standards. There's Pepper Bay, there's Ginger Bay, there's Thyme Bay. There's all, oh all different herbs oh, and spices no. at, at all the different locations is how he <laughs> how he settles that one. Gordon Ramsay, I suppose, yeah. has the same problem, though, because he's got a million restaurants and he's only one dude, right? Guy Fieri but are has you the paying... same problem as well. Only yeah, one Guy Fieri, let me tell you. Yeah. But you are you paying, when you go to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, are you paying for him to shout at you and tell them you're an idiot, tell you you're an idiot sandwich? Is that the experience? I am, yeah. <laughs> all right okay fair enough <laughs> all right that's what everyone that... wants with their uh with their pasta gordon ramsay screaming at you yeah rather than a gentleman sprinkling condiments down his own body onto your steak uh let's <laughs> move on from this conversation to my uh, next resolution i have a resolution for the apple company the fruit company Ooh, who provide yeah. our computers and phones and whatnot and whom 
Forrest Gump was a big investor in back in the day, a movie told me once. <laughs> uh, I would like um, them to look at their MLS season pass and just make sure it doesn't suck. They've got to resolve to make this a good thing. It launches on February 1st, apparently in over 100 countries. It's going to be $40, $15 a month or 100 per season, a bit cheaper if you have their Apple TV Plus subscription already. I think, Joe, I'm, I'm worried about not just how they're going to handle local broadcasts and the, the breadth of the coverage and this um, Red Zone-style go-around show on, on Saturdays, but I'm worried about how they're going to attract new fans to MLS if let's say you know think of local bars across the united states they're not going to casually throw on the game anymore if they've got to buy a hundred dollar or much more for a bar subscription it's going to be harder to see mls out in the wild i think it's a bit like graham you'll you'll know how the champions league went to sky tv it went to bt and subscription tv in the uk Mm. over terrestrial tv and it meant less people watch the champions league and they still less people watch it and for certain bars who used to carry it not all of them could afford to do it anymore. So that's a concern. Do people still watch games in bars? I know there will be people who do that, but in the same numbers, is that still a cultural thing or are more people watching the games at, at home? Uh, Joe, you're a young person. People still go to bars, right? <laughs> Tell us, Joe. Yeah, people do still <laughs> go to bars. I mean, I watch my soccer games at home like a nerd because this is what I do for my job. So I, I don't have a great answer to that question. Ryan, I do love the visual of someone walking up to the bartender and going like, hey, could you turn on Apple TV Plus MLS subscription, please? Could we could we get that on for, for this game I'm trying to watch? No, I mean, it, it's a fair question. I will say a lot of those decisions, well, it's hard. We don't know the full dynamics at play here. At least I don't know the full dynamics at play here. MLS is responsible for hiring the people, right? They're, they're responsible for hiring the broadcasters, for hiring the producers, for planning out the coverage. MLS is doing that stuff. At the same time, Apple has to be making some decisions as well. So I don't know where the line is. And Apple is very much clearly the one ultimately calling the shots, right? Major League Soccer is talking reportedly about changing their entire playoff structure because Apple wants more inventory, right? So Apple is very clearly the one in control here. So I don't know what that's going to look like, Ryan. I don't know if it's going to suck or not. I am, I'm very curious. I, I'm not necessarily optimistic or pessimistic. I just, I'm in the wait and see mode as far as what we're going to see here. Yeah, that's I, me as I well. would. I talked about on the Christmas Gifts episode wanting to give uh, MLS I think, people to do these broadcasts, or I talked about something along that line. It sounds like we're going to start hearing here pretty soon about people that have been hired. Some folks that have already been hired. We're going to start learning more and more about that stuff. So that does make me think that they'll at least have something to put on your TV or phone or whatever or computer on February 1st. But yeah. Having this not suck would be helpful for a lot of folks who are wanting to watch soccer, <laughs> especially for Ryan Bailey, who is the biggest Apple fan I know. And if Apple yeah. tanked this thing, Ryan, I don't know. I don't know what that does for you. I don't know what it does for your morale, how you're going to be. Are you going to be mopey? I just think generally avoiding all of that stuff is for the best. Yeah, I think, Joe, um, if, if Apple messes up, it doesn't do wonders for my sense of self-worth, which is no. tied to Apple products entirely, almost. Yeah, so, and, and we know that from yeah. seeing you Ryan browse Apple. the Apple Store nonstop as we as we were in New York together. So yeah, again, <laughs> Apple, get it together. Ryan Bailey's life is on. Okay, that's a bit extreme, but you know, that's Ryan not, Bailey's yeah. psyche is on the line. Yeah. yeah, I I am hesitant to say. So I've got concerns about how new fans are going to watch the league and stuff like that. But I'm hesitant to be the Steve Ballmer of Apple TV MLS streaming. So Steve Ballmer was the Microsoft Microsoft CEO who at the time laughed at the iPhone not having a physical screen because uh, p- professionals won't be able to send emails without a physical uh, a physical keyboard. Excuse me. And so I don't want to be the guy who's like streaming that'll never take off. And then a few years sure. from now all the footballers on streamers. I mean, we're pretty much getting to that point anyway. So it feels like MLS is maybe ahead of its time a little bit, but there is the possibility that five years from now we look back and think, what was all the fuss about? This was the direction everything was heading in anyway. Yeah, and, and the issue isn't so much for me about new people. Well, uh, let me let me back up and say this. New people weren't watching MLS anyway, right? MLS TV numbers were bad, and, and they weren't really getting dramatically better from year to year. So this was kind of the rationale, I think, from Major League Soccer's perspective, is Apple kind of offered them a carrot, right? Not that the money is great over a 10-year period. It, I believe it's $2.5 billion over 10 years. You know, it's it's really good money up front, but you're, you're essentially negating a lot of the bump you could get out of the 2026 World Cup, out of the World Cup beyond that. So th- there are downsides here as well. But MLS needed to do something different, right? So in that way, I, I do like the idea behind this move. And Apple, for their part, have incentives to make this thing work or at least build a foundation for other streaming products. 
a bunch of other major U.S. TV rights are going to be up over the next decade that this deal is running. The NBA, which is a, a massive sports property in the U.S., their their TV rates TV rights, excuse me, are up at the end of 2023. So I think not this season, but maybe the season beyond that. So. NBA is going to be a huge property that companies like Apple are going to want likely to get involved in. If they can say, hey, here's what we did for MLS or here's what we did for Friday Night Baseball, all of that stuff, you know, there is something to it. So I hope Apple are incentivized to to try to put as many resources yeah. into this thing as possible. I think they will be. Whether it will work or not, I don't know. They, they have spent a fortune on this. And Apple, to, to do Ryan's fanboy bit for them, they, when they spend this amount of money they don't tend to get much wrong unless it's a Jason Momoa series. Uh, other than that, they get most things right when it's hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. So it feels like they're going to push it. If they don't, it will be a complete waste of money for them over 10 years. Yeah. Note to self, don't watch the Jason Momoa show on Apple TV then, Graham. I, I, I take that as your review. It's, it's not good. But then you watch <laughs> The Morning Show and like The Morning Show, so maybe, maybe, maybe it will be your thing. Maybe it will. We shall see. Well, uh, Joe, I'm concerned about that idea of changing the playoffs for the sake of Apple's inventory. I mean, there are other changes that Apple could make to make things more exciting. For example, making the goals bigger, two points for goals outside the penalty sure. area, 35 yards, sure. two deaths and penalty kicks. There's a whole list of ideas out there internet, <laughs> oh, no. if they want to find them. That was that was Alexi, Alexi Lalas teasing that he's been hired by Apple and all those changes are actually happening for next mm. season. You Creative never know. Director. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we're gonna let, actually let's take one more resolution, Joe. Have you got another one before we take a break? Yeah, I do, and I have an MLS themed one, so I'll stay in this vein. It, it's also similar to Graham telling Luis Enrique to stop being online too much. So for MLS teams, the teams themselves, I'm saying don't be online. Don't be too online this year. There's a line, right? Set timers for your social media use. It's not really good for you your just brain. Don't get trolled. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is entirely it. It's not good for your brain to scroll Twitter or, or, you know, sort of scroll Instagram or TikTok for long periods of time. And if you're not overly on, online to connect the dots to what Graham's talking about here, then you won't have to see all the mean predictions that people like me make about you. <laughs> yes, I'm looking directly in your direction, Austin FC. You won't get sad. You won't get angry. You won't have to spend money on a laminator so that your owner can tweet out the negative predictions that, that people made about you on a piece of paper. You won't have to do any of that stuff. You'll be blissfully ignorant and guys, why not have Blissful Ignorance be your 2023 anthem? That is the <laughs> statement I'm making to MLS teams. I'm actually I'm actually glad they're not going to do this, right? And of course, as anybody running a social media brand, you shouldn't do this, even if it is you know sort of detrimental to your health. If you're talking about raising um, income, like this is a good way to do it. But I mean, I love the prediction stuff. I love the banter. I'm excited to uh, to be on the receiving end of more of these troll moments and to do the same in 2023. It's going to be a good year. Uh, the TLDR on that re resolution, Joe, for you was just MLS clubs. Stop being mean to me. <laughs> stop yeah. it. Stop it. Stop being mean. It's I not my fault. Couldn't help but note the self-reflexive nature of that resolution, Joe. Yeah, it felt like uh, yeah. you wanted the I thought it was good. to leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I also enjoyed you. I also enjoyed you saying you at the end. No, but I really enjoy it. It was like Andrew Tate responding to Greta Thunberg yesterday. Oh. I love being trolled and owned in such a public way online. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, on that uh, wonderful note, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more resolutions. Back shortly. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Total Soccer Show, welcome back. Graham, a quick resolution for me to come straight back in here. I want Roy Keane to take up yoga. I think he needs a new hobby. <laughs> and I think something that will centre him and get him thinking less about Brazilians dancing and being miserable um, would be good for him. What do you think? I think yoga is the thing he should do. And, you know, work wonders for Ryan Giggs. So the thing is, I've seen Roy Keane talk about 
Ryan Giggs doing yoga and Ryan Giggs. So there's an interview where he talks about in the early 2000s. Do you remember when Roy Keane became all, he became very skinny. Do you remember that? He became, became quite thin in the face. And basically that was because Lauren Blong joined Manchester United and Lauren Blong apparently just ate salad. And so Roy Keane in his 30s is thinking, well, I need to prolong my, my career like he did. He, uh, he had... And so joined him on that diet, and it didn't really work for him. He got very skinny, so he looked for he looked for other ways. Ryan Giggs did yoga, and basically he just said the the peace and quiet wasn't for me. He did that, that was the thing. It wasn't the it wasn't the flexibility. It wasn't the exercises. It was the fact that Roy Keane had to sit in silence and and meditate. That was the thing that he couldn't stand about yoga. Yeah, maybe actually being alone with his thoughts might not be the best thing in that respect, Graham. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he'd just simmer with rage until boiling point. <laughs> oh dear any other alternate hobbies you can think of of Roy Keane Joe I think yoga yoga I just felt like he just needs to chill out a little bit is my is my overall vibe here because he takes everything too seriously it seems yeah yoga I think some some meditation or or just growing his hair to be the length of that picture that someone photoshopped the hair onto him <laughs> I think the any of those hobbies chia pet style could be the move for Roy Keane yeah I think so yeah Apple Fitness Plus 80 bucks a year I'm not paid by them I just like them. That's what I'm saying. You Joe. should be. <laughs> uh, Mr. Lowry, your next resolution. All right. My next resolution for 2023 is for Josh Sargent. Um, and it's to start expanding his off-the-field portfolio. You know, maybe getting involved on the business side of soccer, too, and not just the playing side. I think 2023 is a really good year to start becoming a more well-rounded individual. Every year is a good year for that. So, so why not 2023? I think Sargent can take that to heart here with a situation in Norwich. So maybe getting involved with the club, wiggling their way, wiggling his way into the search committee for a new manager now that Dean Smith has been sacked. Find a way, Josh Sargent, to make sure that you are involved in the discussion to find a manager who either loves you or has an irrational hatred for Timu Puki. Either way, <laughs> you're going to be the starter at the number nine for Norwich. This is a relatively low stakes prediction. It's a long time until the, uh, the U.S. is really going to need desperate production out of a number nine. But you know what? Josh Sargent played well. I think generally at the World Cup, he is my number one going forward for this U.S. team. He's been playing some as a nine. Even under Smith, he was getting some minutes there, partially due to an, to an injury to Timu Puki. But, you know, if a manager comes in who's going to play Sargent at the nine, I think that's only going to do good things for him. So, Josh, get involved, right? Get involved. Wiggle your way and make this happen, man. Ronnie Dyla sold Timu Puki at Celtic without giving him much of an opportunity yes. there. So... If Norwich City fancy a manager who's going to strip down to his kecks when they get promoted, and uh, if Josh Sargent wants a manager that's going to clear the number nine spot for him at Carroll Road, then Ronnie Dyla is the man. Yes, Graham. Sounds like Josh Sargent's going to Belgium to pick up Ronnie Dyla, get him out of contract there, <laughs> make this happen. This is perfect. All right. We're making big moves on this show, Joe. I'm impressed. Uh, are, you, are we branching out into being agents now? Or maybe you are. I mean, basically, yeah, just generally all-powerful Josh Sargent soccer man is kind of what I envision. But agent works too, yeah. Wow, that's a very lame-sounding superhero, but I like the sentiment all the I same, know. Joe. Um, yeah. Graham, your next resolution. So a very common resolution at this time of year is to head into the new year and to adopt a, a better diet, a, a healthier diet. So for Calvin Phillips, given what <laughs> has been said about him recently... A healthier diet for Mr. Phillips. So Pep Guardiola essentially fat-shamed Phillips after he returned from the World Cup by leaving out of, out of his squad, his Man City squad, and even training, and then revealing that he was overweight. I have questions about what England were eating in Qatar. If that was the case, were, were they just all at Salt Bay's Doha restaurant yeah. every night for, for, for dinner? Or did Calvin Phillips bring a bag of Twinkies with him? Was he just drinking custard? I mean, whatever was going on at England's World Cup base, not practicing penalties, clearly, Guardiola isn't very happy with the condition of, of Calvin Phillips. So the first few months of 2023 are going to be cold turkey for him. No more custard chewies, green juice chewies from, from this point on. I mean, it's not as if he got much match fitness in Qatar, to be fair. But I think, um, mm. yeah, too much salt on the steaks, too many $24 Cokes with the steak. <laughs> uh, maybe a few too many uh, Salt Bay tiramisu's. I don't know what they have at dessert there, but uh, I bet it's expensive. There, there was an athletic article that obviously was right up my street. It was on the stadium foods at, at the World Cup. It may have been Joshua Cloak who, who did it for the athletic. And some of the culinary options at those stadiums were frankly tragic. 
it was horrendous. The the cheeseburger looked like the worst cheeseburger I'd ever seen in my life, including what Salt Bay ser- serves up and salts down his arm. I'll tell you what though, Graham. Come, being overweight as a professional soccer player, I wonder what the parameters are. I wonder if he's walked yeah. in and they said, you are 7.5% body fat. You should be 7.2%. Get out of here. Yeah, and I did enjoy Pep Guardiola. Only yesterday they played last night at the time of recording. He was obviously asked more questions about Calvin Phillips and Guardiola and classic Guardiola style said... He was he was he had the perfect body and Calvin Phillips is so sexy. So I think that speaks to the parameters for a professional footballer being overweight, as you suggest, are maybe different for the rest of us. I don't think Calvin Phillips is fat at all. <laughs> I am inclined to agree. Fat with a pH, maybe, because he's cool. I'm down of with course. the kids. Yeah. Joe, another mm. resolution, please, sir. Yeah, let's move past that, I think, for all of us, for all, for all of our sakes here. Um, all right, my, my next and final resolution is for Lionel Messi, Neymar, and Kylian Mbappe. You know, I feel like a lot of folks have that treadmill downstairs that they don't use, right? It's in the basement or it's in, you know, sort of a, a spare room, and you don't use it, but you tell yourself that you're going to. Maybe 2023 is the year. Not, not necessarily because they need to be more fit, but because if you get in the routine of running when you don't want to run, Maybe on the field, you'll start to run when you don't want to run, and you'll start to track back and, and move defensively and press in the way that good players on good teams tend to do. I, I really think this year could be PSG's year to win the Champions League. They have all the talent you could ever need. I like a lot of the moves they made in the summer. I think they have midfield depth. They have players that can do a lot of the running when that front three doesn't work, and there will still be times when that front three doesn't work, but... They've got Bayern Munich in the round of 16. That is easily, in my opinion, the highest profile. I think I think there's Liverpool, Real Madrid as well in the, in the round of 16. Maybe that's wrong. But I think that's the best matchup in this opening round of the knockout round of the Champions League. If PSG want to get past Bayern Munich, they're going to have to run. That front three is going to have to work defensively or they're going to need a miracle. So why not hop on the treadmill, start running some even when you don't want to, get in that, get in that rhythm, and then on the field in the Champions League, you might start to see some dividends. Wow. This this sounds like an interesting social experiment, Joe. You're like conditioning them to run if they see a treadmill. It's like Pavlov's PSG player. There there know. will be meat powder involved, yes, Ryan, if that's what you're yeah. wondering. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it very much. Um, Graham, any thoughts on that one? I'm just, uh, I'm, my mind is boggling at getting Kylian Mbappe to run more. Like, do we want him <laughs> to be, f- like, faster? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is a, this oh. is a scientific experiment. He I'm needs the incline it. setting, Graham. He needs more power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Oh, boy. All right, Graham, one final resolution from you, please, sir. Yeah, so for Jack Grealish, be nicer to people, particularly Paraguay and attacking midfielders who yep. play in the northeast <laughs> of of England. It's It's difficult to envisage how much more, let me word this correctly, how much more Grealish's comment about Miguel Moron could have backfired than it has this season. So since that comment, for anyone who do- hasn't seen it, it's at Man City's title parade. They're on the bus. Grealish is having a drink. Bernardo Silva is next to him. Grealish clearly thought he hadn't played very well in that final day of the season game against Aston Villa and the camera's on him. And he says Bernardo Silva had played like Miguel Almiron, which felt like uh, shots fired in a stray direction. I'm not entirely sure why Almiron was uh, targeted in, in, at that moment. But Almiron since then has basically gone on to become a Ballon d'Or candidate, as I said earlier in, <laughs> in the in the show. Meanwhile, Grealish, mm, maybe not so hot. So uh, it's actually incredible self-discipline that Almiron hasn't celebrated every goal by pointing to his calves or something. Uh, can you can you imagine if it was Emmy Martinez that Gr- Grealish had made a comment about the, the poop housery would be off the scale? So thumbs up to Miguel Almiron for holding himself back for restraining himself there but yeah that hasn't really worked out so well for Jack Grealish so maybe just maybe just be nicer to people in 2023 I think that's quite right Graham I think if the stats uh, I looked up earlier were correct Almiron's got eight goals in 10 um whereas I watched Jack Grealish play against Leeds on Wednesday evening and he couldn't put anything remotely near the target no so yes yeah I don't think at the moment I don't think he'll score eight goals in 10 seasons never mind 10 matches so those fortunes have flipped quite dramatically the two players I think Almiron looks like the one who's the 100 million pound player right now yeah I think that's a good resolution for everybody though Graham if you can't say something nice don't say anything at all right I'm still going to send you Christmas cards that remind you it's never coming home (laughs) 
You knew I was going with that one, didn't you? Very smart, very smart. <laughs> All right. I have one final resolution for us, guys. It is a resolution for us, indeed, the Total Soccer Show, including Mr. Taylor Rockwell, who's not with us. He's got a he's got a sore throat today, unfortunately. Can't do any vocal work, but we wish him very well. I think in 2023, we should all resolve to record together again in the same room as we did during that World Cup in 2022. I'm not sure what, what the, the very same room in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, maybe we go to back to the Airbnb with the massive hole in the floor, which I almost I was gonna say, every single night. Let's do it. Let's do it in Ryan's room <laughs> and see who does fall through the floor first. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. I miss the, the Brooklyn Popeyes restaurant and so much more of that wonderful chip. But um, mm. maybe maybe we get together for the Women's World Cup. Maybe we go down under for that one. Maybe the Gold Cup and we stay on this side of the hemisphere. Either way, Joe, what do you think? The should we get Cup. the band back together? Maybe we should do it annually. Yeah. Yeah, for Leagues Cup. Every year for Leagues Cup. Let's do, I'm actually excited about Leagues Cup. Maybe I'm, I'm one of the few relatively that are excited you about are. that. But no, we should. Ryan, we absolutely should. It was a blast recording together. I think the the experience for us is more fun, and I would I would even argue that I think the product is better, and I think listeners will enjoy it more. So it's, it's more fun for everybody. Why not make it happen? I think we can do it in 2023. Let's get there, guys. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's buy the Brooklyn apartment. That's what the Patreon is really yeah. for. It's a crowdfunder so that we can we can buy that apartment and steal more uh, packages from upstairs <laughs> from Brooklyn Karen. Hey, we, we did didn't not. Do that. We did not. We did not. That is not <laughs> Shit, true. Well, tell her that. That is not true. It, it was the other way around, if anything, if our lawyers ask anything, <laughs> Graham. Let's, uh, let's part that conversation there, though. I'd like to say thank you to, all, to you all, listeners, for listening to us through 2022. Uh, and we hope you stick with us through 2023. We have a blast doing this show. We hope you enjoy listening to it, too. But for now, Joseph Lowry... Happy New Year to you, sir. Yeah, right back at you, right back at you, Graham. And and same to you, Taylor, even though you're not feeling well. Feel better. Happy New Year, everybody. And Graham Rutherford, um, born hog money, lad. (laughs) Thank thank you, Ryan Bailey. Happy hog money to you too and to all the listeners as well. Indeed. Listeners, thank you once again. We'll be back on the feed in 2023. But for now, bye. Bye.